With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success, where each week I bring you a dynamic guest from across the country. In addition, I'm also the NAFI Western and Mid-Atlantic Regional Coordinator. NAFI is the largest global women's network. Go to www.nafi.com and check us out. We recently celebrated our 40th year of working with women across the globe. Today we have an incredible talk topic and incredible uh, person to interview. My guest today is Jane Jones. Jane and her partner, Alicia Long, who were two congressional staffers turned authors, uh, like to go around the country to share their expert knowledge about working on Capitol Hill in politics and on campaigns. Former U.S. Senate staffer Jane and Alicia have written the brilliant new behind-the-scenes political novel, Capitol Hell. This new page turner will make you laugh out loud. Find out what really happens in D.C. as Congress heads back to Capitol Hill. As the 113th U.S. Congress convenes, partisan gridlock is the least of their worries. Jane today is ready to share insights that no one else has been willing to tell before and in their book that Jane and Alicia wrote, What Life is Like Behind the Senate Office Curtain. They cut their political teeth as idealistic young staffers on Capitol Hill working for former U.S. Senator Norm Coleman. Their experience led them to write Capitol Hill, the newest book to give readers a glimpse into what life is really like inside the Beltway. Capitol Hill is a winning novel about the crazy co-workers, high-maintenance politicians, and over-the-top entourages that usually enterages that all only politifers political insider gets to see. The book Capitol Hill has been featured in The Hill, The National Journal, CNBC, CQ Magazine, MSNBC, U.S. News and World Report, The Austin Daily Herald, The Pioneer Press at the Star Tribune, The Washington Examiner, and numerous other places. Let me tell you a little bit about Jane. Jane is, um, she is one of the co-authors along with Alicia Long. They began, as I said, it began their political careers, working for former Senator Norm Coleman from Minnesota, both as staffers in both his St. Paul, Minnesota, and Washington, D.C. office, fast friends, two stuck together through thick and thin. Recently, they wrote this novel about life as a Capitol Hill staffer. Jane is a graduate of William Mitchell College of Law, and she worked for Senator Coleman from 2002 to 2006, then headed to the Minnesota House of Representatives where she was the executive assistant to Speaker of the House. Jane loves reality television, funky jewelry, and skirts under $20. She thrives on meeting current and former United States presidents, cheering for the University of North Dakota's uh, Sioux hockey team, catching Alaskan halibut, and aiming to win her family's salsa-making contest. On her bucket list, being on the Wheel of Fortune, going to a happy hour with Kelly Ripa, and figuring out how to boil corn in the cough for that oh-so-darn-good buttery taste. 
following her passion to teach others about legislative policy, Jane is starting a summer academic program for tears teens to master public policy. She also teaches political science at Concordia University, where her students gain national attention for her their legislative activities. Jane is a member of the Concordia University Advancement Committee and a former inner city Girl Scout troop leader and live in Nanny. She is proud of her work with Margaret's mission, ensuring travelers with disabilities get access to see the world enjoy life's greatest adventure. So in her spare uh, time, she I don't know if she has any spare time. We'll have to find out what else she likes to do. Welcome, Jane. I'm so happy to have Hi you there. on school. Thank you. Thank you. You worked on Capitol Hill and survived and wrote Capitol Hill. How did you do that? Well, you know, I, we didn't think we were going to write a book at the time we were both working on the Hill. We just came back for Minnesota for different reasons. And, you know, it was on both of our bucket lists to write a book, and we kept always telling people our stories and what happened to us, and everybody always laughed. So we decided to put pen to paper, you know, fingers to laptop, and it took us four years to write. And we're having an absolute blast sharing and making people laugh of funny stories that happened, that happened on the Hill. Yeah, I'm sure. Is, Cap- is Capitol Hill based on your your and Alicia's own personal experiences? I think we'll never kisses and tell. So there's some reality. There's some, of course, there's some truth. There's some stories that we've embellished and some other stories we've made up. Most of the stories in the book, though, happen to either us or some other Congressional Hill staffers. And how much of this is, how much of this is fictional tale is, how much of the fictional tale is true? What percent would you say? <laughs> Oh, gosh, we would never do a percentage. That's part of the fun for the reader to try to figure out what's true in the book and what's not true. The book is about a fictional senator, but, you know, it does have a little, you write you write what you know about. Right. That's true. How would you describe today's political environment? Oh, a partisan. <laughs> um, I think, you know, for right now both camps, even the conservative right and the liberal left, both sides are so stuck to the ground, so stuck to my way or the highway that absolutely nothing's getting done. There's, there's zero movement. There's zero um, give and take. And in legislation, you know, you got you got to give a little bit and take a little bit. I think I'd right, I think I'd rather see politicians that rather have 100% of something over 100% of nothing. Right. Uh, how is how do you see today's political environment different than when you you both worked on the Hill? Yeah, you know, that's actually a great question. So I would say that the difference was, you know, I worked for Senator Norm Coleman, so did Alicia, and for this I covered. Um, health care, social issues, kids' issues, the arts. So I really, my issue, my um, policy area really was one of those, I worked for a senator who kind of seemed to lean more, they used to have the called the gang of six, six senators who would go one way or the other way kind of as a group together. And, you know, they wouldn't necessarily fall down party lines. They'd actually look at their state and figure out what's best for, you know, what's best in those the policy decision. So I think, you know, back in the day, we were probably getting more things done because we had that group of six who were willing to negotiate a little bit. I think that group of six is gone, obviously, and, you know, times have changed, and now, you know, the folks are very very vocal on both sides and stuck to, stuck to, stuck to their grounds and their values. Imagine if you were working there today with the new health care, health issues coming up, the new plan. <laughs> got to get out just in time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, how was writing a book with a co-author? It sounded like you two you kind of teamed up, became great friends, and you complimented each other from what I've read about both of you. You know, Alicia's a great friend. She's actually more like a sister to me than a friend. Either one of us has a real-life sister. And I think that, you know, we both, um, she's on the other line right now. You see we both share the exact same personality, the exact same humor, and that same energetic you know, energetic personality. 
I like to say that we share a brain. So it's kind of a fun process for us writing this book. So, you know, Alicia sent me Chapter 1. I and jazzed it up, had a little sparkle. I sent back Chapter 2 to her. This is where this gets fun. So the book took us four years to write, and we never had any notes or any outline. And I didn't know until I got the chapter, next chapter from Alicia, what was going to happen. We never once talked about the book over the four years. So all of a sudden, I get back, get the chapter sent to me, and I'd be like, oh, great take. Current, you know, so the senator's wife is off to Iraq to go shopping. So I would, you know, add my little pizzazz to it and send it back to her. And we definitely bounced that way the entire time for four years. Wow. A good friend of mine wrote The Love Boat, and she didn't type or do anything. She just wrote down. She was one of the first um, uh, entertainment directors on a cruise ship. And so she just wrote down all the funny things that happened, and then eventually it turned into a book and a movie and a TV show. So, you know, you can – so, you know, uh, as you do those kind of things, sometimes they turn out to be the best books. Are Are you both working on a sequel at all? You know, we've already started. You bet. Usually we get usually we get three questions off the top of the bat. Usually we get how much is true, um, does anybody approach you about a movie yet, and when's the second when's the sequel coming out. So we hope to have the sequel out by the end of the year, around Chapter 4, so we know we're cruising right along, having a lot of fun with it. What about, have you ever thought of a reality show? <laughs> I think we see a reality show every day on the news, right? <laughs> yeah, I have a good friend. I have a very good friend, Ross Taylor Jordan. It's always she. She's uh, the producer of Let's Make a Deal, and uh, and one of the uh, where the, they go and sing and other shows. She's always looking for interesting topics. So that oh, might fun. be fun. Um, you have to send, make sure you send me your name. We'll send her a copy. Yeah, she's a really cool gal. Um, what political issue will control the 2014 election cycle, do you think? Oh, my gosh. You know, I think we're, we've kind of seen it right now. I, you know, I don't think we're going to get away from the fiscal issues. I think that's always going to come back. I think immigration probably will be resolved, so to speak. Um, I think the gun control legislation probably has dropped off, off a little bit. But I think that will actually come back to the election cycle again. So I think the fiscal fiscal issues are going to come back again. And I actually think more folks are just going to campaign on no. I'm here to do something. I want to go to D.C. to get my job done, not the stalemate stuff. So I'm actually going to, you know, crack the whip and, you know, break down the break down the trees in the forest and actually do something versus this, you know, the last four years of Congress doing doing nothing. I, I never want to have a job, but, you know, but you actually do absolutely nothing. <laughs> Why don't you both run for an office? You know, uh, uh, Betty Spence, the president of NAPI, she is an advocate supporter of women to run for offices because we you know we are we we balance things better and we get things done have you both ever thought about doing that of course we have of course we have you know i think when the timing's right for both of us we're going to make that decision and we'll probably go at different times to make you know run but the timing's not quite right i just got married now i have a 14 year old stepdaughter alicia just took a new position as the chief counsel's office at the dea so we're not quite ready but i think you know when the timing's right i think we're both be knocking on that public service door Well, that's good. Another thing you might want to consider, another great friend of mine who used to be in D.C., who's now in Chicago, is uh, her company picks women for corporate boards. So you might want to think about something. And we just need more women, you know, moving up. Do you think gender matters in politics? I would hope not. You know, I always, um, someone asked me this question earlier today about um, how do you, uh, you know, did you feel like, you know, there's more male staff on the Hill and all that. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I came from a northern northern state. You know, it's not the southern, it's not the southern good old boy system. You know, we're I think we had more females than we did uh, males in the office. And 
you know what, quite frankly, I think you want that compassionate heart and, and policy making and the administrative role were more organized. And I just think that's, you know, I never, I never felt that pressure of it's a male-dominant world. Yeah, I think it's, you know, when you're running for office, the people you want to, I mean, this is what I would think, the people you want on your team are the people who are going to get the job done, get you elected and stay with you and get your issues before, you know, people that they need to get them before to get them passed. To me, that's what it matters, not what sex you are or how you right. think it's different. Yeah. Do you think networking uh, matters in politics? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. You better believe it. You know, I think it's one of those, I still think it, politics is a small circle. It's a small network. Once you, um, excuse me, once you screwed your screwed your um, your reputation, you're done. <laughs> I think that you know. I think it's always about building relationships. The folks need to realize that. But you you better believe it. I think it is networking. I think it's relationships, and I think it's your reputation and your credibility. Um, what would, what advice would you give to women who uh, or men who are thinking of trying to break into working in the political oh. arena? Yeah, of course. I teach political science at Cordy University in St. Paul, and I tell my students they have two choices when they graduate. They can either go into law school or they have to go work on the Hill until age 30. And how you get those jobs is this. It's simple. You know what? You go and you find a candidate that you believe in. Same ethics, same values, same issues. You line up, you're, you're, you're behind them 100%, and you go and you volunteer on their campaign. You work your fanny off, and you volunteer, you work hard, you show your work ethic, you show your values, you show your personality. You do, no job is too big or too small because once you pick the right horse in the race, that's the hiring pool for those positions. So once mm-hmm. they get elected, that's where they're hiring from. So that's, that's how you break in. Yeah, and, and, and also when you're doing something you believe in and the person you believe in, it's easier to work hard to get the job done. Oh, my gosh, of course. And you're bringing that passion, that energy. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's great. Uh, I read where with some of the students you teach that um, you, they drafted, drafted and advocated for and passed the Kyle Herman Bill of 2010 and worked hand-in-hand with state and federal elect on legislators to, uh, to curb child abuse in the classroom. And then this year, you're working on something out, no boozing and cruising. So tell us a little bit how you get these uh, used. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm great. You better believe it. I think there's no better classroom. For, a textbook is a textbook, but there's no better classroom for my students than, you know, marching up and down the Capitol, just following a, writing a, lobbying for, writing a bill, and getting their bill passed from start to finish. And how both of those um, bills came about, those came from news stories that happened in Minnesota. The first, first story is really sad, actually. It's the Kyle Herman Act. People can look this up online. It's hundreds of stories about Kyle Herman. He was a five-year-old kindergartner yeah. at the time with Down syndrome. He was abused in the classroom, and unfortunately, in Minnesota at the time, there were no laws that said that if uh, child abuse was um, allegations were raised, the parents weren't notified of that abuse almost for five to seven years later. Wow! So we changed that to seventy-two. We changed that to seventy-two hours. (laughs) Wow! One of the things that I work on there, and and I help a friend of mine start a nonprofit for, is women against child trafficking, because you know. You know, when I first heard about it, I thought it only happened overseas, but I'm my gosh, it happens in all of our backyards, all around right. the country. Right, you're very, very sad, absolutely. Yeah, so what are some of the, what's on the horizon for you? The horizon for my students or for myself? <laughs> for, for yourself and for your students? Sure, I'm still teaching at Concordia. I think we're going to go back to the Capitol. I'm not quite sure what our legislative project will be this year. We didn't we didn't quite get the handle on the um, 
the DWI driving while impaired for legislators' immunity. They can still flash their ID card and get away with driving drunk, apparently, in Minnesota. Um, so we might take that challenge on. You know, right now I'm just really excited. I've started a group called Margaret's Missions, which is a disability travel um, chaperone service. So we're going on our very first trip a couple weeks um, from now in July to Southern California. So that should be a lot of fun. And, you know, I just became a stepmom to a 14-year-old. So, you know what, her volleyball schedule is the most important um, piece on my calendar right now. All right, that is good. Where are you going in Southern California? Because that's where I live. Oh, gosh, we're going to Anaheim, L.A., San Diego. It's going to be a great time. Oh, well, we're go, we, talked about, we talked about your friend. We're actually, we got tickets to go to, um, it's 17 folks with developmental disabilities. They are all coming from Minnesota, probably up from the age of 25 to 30, and we're actually going to go to the taping of Let's Make a Deal. Oh, she does. She's the one that books all that, and she also is America's Got Talent. I will send oh, you. Fantastic. Uh, what is? Uh, you'll send me an email with your email address on it, and I'll make an intro to to you to her. Oh, great. Uh, so my email is r and then m o t t e r at aol dot com, and just send me your email address, and I'll introduce you to Roz. She's great. You will love her. It's r o m m. At R and then M O T T E R at AOL dot com. Let's let everybody know where, where they can buy your book. I can't wait to sure, get you can it. buy it. at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, your favorite bookstore. You can also check out check out more about at CapitalHealthBooks dot com. You can email us. You can read all our see all our media interviews. We've been doing tons of national media. We just got our sixth national book award last night, so we're really excited. Um, what is the website that they can find you? Sure, Okay, and and uh, and you have information about both of you and your book and everything there, right? Oh my gosh, we got we got it all there. <laughs> so I love some of the comments they made about the book. They said the the, the hill said too good not to share. U.S. News and World Report said Devil Wears Prada meets U.S. Senate. Uh, and then the Minneapolis Star Tribune said, readers will be particularly fascinated by the author's antics and the senator's picadillos. And then Austin Daily Herald said, hilarious and insightful. So what are some of the other things people are saying? Oh, my gosh. A lot of people are telling us they're laughing out loud. They can't put it down. They're trying to figure out what's true in the book and what's not true. The senator that we used to work for is being a great sport. He's telling us that the book's not about him and that he's calling us creative entrepreneurs. So it's just been a real joy. It's just been a lot of fun. Well, that's good. Well, I, I can't wait for the new book that you're writing. So when you guys get that ready, be sure to call me and we'll bring you back on. And, oh, that's um, great. And I will – I just love it. I think it's. I think it's fun. Just reminds me of uh, Washington when I lived there. Is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Whether no, just personal... you know, pick it up, read it, let us know what you think, and you make sure you email us if you're done reading it. We'll write right back to you. And we're just very thankful for all the fans and support that we've had. And let's just keep, you know, making people laugh, bringing that inside the Beltway humor to outside the Beltway. Okay. Again, the book is called Capital Hill. And the authors are Jane Jones, J-A-Y-N-E Jones, and Alicia, <laughs> A-L-I-C-I-A Long. So anyway, thank you, Jane, so much for being on the show today and for sharing your story of how you both got this great book together. And I look forward to staying in touch with you and hearing about your great trip to Southern California. Oh, we can't wait. Oh, it should be great. 
and your continued success. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Have a great time. Bye now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.